Um, just going to take a minute here. It's going to be a little bit of a different message today. I'm going to get very comfortable. <laughs> this is uh, going to be more of a talk about what I've been going through in the last two weeks. And I asked uh, Jenna what I should be looking for for my next sermon. Uh, sonship was kind of on my mind because I remember her saying once that every message is a message about sonship. And uh, in the last two weeks, I've been, I've been learning exactly what she means about that. Um, it's a very big revelation that takes a lifetime to really sink into us, I think, that we get to be God's kids. And what is sonship? It's kind of a weird word. I don't actually know that it's used anywhere uh, outside of the church these days. Um, I did a little research on the word, and uh, ship was added to a lot of words back in the uh, like 16th centuries. I think it was probably because ships were a really world-changing thing at that time. It transformed the way we look at everything. They were traveling, exploring the world in ways that they had never imagined in generations before. And as I was thinking about that, I realized a ship is something that lets you make a journey that you can't make without it. This is an ocean that we can't swim across on our own. And the other side of that journey is getting to fully be God's child. So it's a journey well worth making. In the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about what does that actually mean to me? I don't know how, how many of you actually know much about my family. I grew up in an extremely large family. Uh, I'm the youngest of nine children. And the dynamic is very different in a large family. Uh, so what it means to me to be a son might be different from someone else. So while my message isn't necessarily all about what it means to be a son, I think I have to go into this a little bit slowly and kind of do my testimony on what it means to me to be a son. So as I was thinking about why, how am I a son, whose son am I, I started to think about what is a child and what are the qualities of a child. It's an important thing to realize that the world has this interesting view that kind of creeps in on us without us almost even realizing it, that is telling us the journey is to stop being a child. Uh, we're supposed to become adults. We're supposed to become mature. But there's so many things about a child that are important and desirable. And Jesus, uh, in Matthew 19, overheard the disciples telling the children not to bother Jesus. And he said this, and Jesus overheard them and said, I want the little children to come to me, so never interfere with them, 
when they want to come. For heaven's kingdom realm is composed of beloved ones like these. Listen to this truth. No one will enter the kingdom realm of heaven unless he becomes like one of these. I really like the wording in the Passion Translation here because it makes something that isn't evident when we just are living in the world become very evident in that last line. No one will enter the kingdom realm of heaven unless he becomes like one of these. Becomes. We thought we were children when we started. But Jesus here is saying, you have to become a child in order to get to heaven. Now that would be super confusing for the people back in this time. And we're still trying to figure it out today. We aren't God's kids just because, or we don't just fall into that by luck or happenstance. It's a journey that we take, and that's the part of uh, sonship that I really want to kind of bring out today. So the qualities of a child, uh, a few of them that just came to mind, I'm sure there's, there's many more good ones, are trust, innocence, uh, dependence, they're playful, joyful, and they imitate. Now you are a child of who you develop these qualities with. And because of imitation and dependence, I realize that that is how you can be someone's child that didn't bring you into this world. We are to honor our mother and our father that did physically bring us into this world. And that is something that uh, Jesus said several times, and it's in the scriptures several times. But you can also be a child to someone because who you imitate is who you want to be like. And so whoever raises you is, is an, in a sense, your father and who you, who you are going to try and become, your mother and your father. So as, as a young child, I think I saw a lot of confusing dynamics in my family uh, with so many children. Uh, my oldest brothers were almost more like parents to me uh, than brothers. And uh, I saw brothers and sisters pulling away in their own little ways, uh, seeking independence, as we often do as people when we're younger. And I think I felt, in a sense, like I never actually fit in. And I don't think that was my family's fault. I think that was something that I kind of pulled out of the hat, so to speak, of what was going on around me. There's many different things that I could have seen, but that was what I chose to see. And I think because of things that happened early in my life and making that, that choice to see things that way, I pulled away from my family and I never chose to be a son. And I chose to try and imitate other things. But I never found anything that really made me feel like I could fit in. I searched for that my entire life, looking for family that would really make me feel at home. 
and I never found anything that changed my heart at all until I was alone in a bedroom one day wondering where my life was going. And I looked up at the sky and said, what am I missing? And God showed me his hand. And I felt his love coming down on me. And that was the first instant I ever realized that I was actually a child. It was the first instant I chose to be a child. But there was a lot of hurt and a lot of barriers uh, that were stopping me from fully being his child. And that's something that we all have to contend with because our families aren't perfect. Even if you thought you had the perfect family growing up, I guarantee you they weren't perfect because <laughs> no one is. And that led me into uh, a lot of prayer where I was seeking healing for all the things from my past. And when you're doing prayer to seek forgiveness, um, God often shows you situations just in your mind as you're praying. And when you go back into those situations and you say, where were you, God? He'll often show you that too. So as I was in one of those situations, and I asked Jesus, where were you when this was happening? Where were you when I was getting hurt? He showed me he was right there with me. I was just choosing not to see him. And he showed me what he wanted to do, but I wouldn't let him do at the time. And he put his hand over his heart, or over my heart, and he looked into my eyes, and he said something that sounded very strange when I try and repeat it, but it sounded very natural at the time when he was saying it to me. He said, there is no O left, Michael. Let's go past, skipping over with these things here. And that really changes everything. I, I realized in an instant that my entire life had been built around these structures of what I thought the world owed me, what I thought my family owed me, what I thought was fair. Was it fair that Jesus went to the cross and canceled all my sins? I don't think so. So in an instant, all of these structures just started crumbling down. And what I realized a couple of days later is when Jesus said that, that O is in quotations because it sounded weird the way Jesus said it. And it was because it's a foreign word to him. It's not something that he ever uses unless he's trying to show us something. Jesus never feels like anything is owed. For Jesus, everything is done out of love. And love is never about owing. There's nothing owed in love. It's about the other. And 
it's an amazing place when you can start to, well, when you can start to live in it, even more amazing, but when you can even just start to see it, it changes your life. It, it makes you see that the world isn't everything that you thought it was. Your perception has been, in a sense, putting a barrier in between you and God just because that's the way the world is. So don't feel like you owe anything to God. There may be people who are even watching this message because they feel like it is something that they owe to God. I think I grew up with a lot of that kind of religion around me where things were owed. It was obligation and not a heart that was about love. When we can really start to live in a heart that's filled with love, it changes the world around you. I know in the last two weeks, I don't think I've been the same person. It's, uh, it's been odd just going about my day knowing that everybody sees me the same, the way I was. And, uh, and yet, there's so much that's changed inside, so much that's completely transformed from the way it was. I think that's a fam family dynamic that I'm also going to have to deal with as well because I distance myself a lot from my family. And uh, they probably still see me the way they knew me 20 years ago. It's a lot of time to make up for. But as I release all these little tendrils that have been attached to me about what my siblings might owe me or what my parents might owe me, I've been stepping into being a kid in the most awesome way that I can possibly imagine. So a father who's always with me, who's always loving me, and always showing me something amazing. And that's really, when you think about it, what Jesus came here for. I mean, if God's whole reason for sending his son here was simply to be sacrificed on a cross, he didn't need to send a baby. He could have just sent a full-grown man, walked in, ticked off some Romans, and got killed on a cross. But that's not what we saw. We saw the Son of God coming here as a man, learning how to be a son. And that is what sonship really means. Jesus went through that journey. Jesus got on that boat and he traveled across that ocean learning how to be a son. And so do we. So as we imitate our brother Jesus in learning how to become a son to the one true father, let's just try and remember that he was sent to us as an example in all ways as the son who could do everything right and our brother, but also as a son who learned to become a son.
And that's a journey that we all have to make. A ship that we all have to get on. Put up that sail, catch some wind, and just get moving. And I think that this revelation here, there is no O left. And that changing everything is the foundation to taking the first steps. So we need to just step into letting everything go. Letting all these things that we think people owe us come into our hands and we just hand them back to God. Say, here you go. I don't need this anymore. Judgment isn't mine. It's yours. So I think I might have been a little bit short, but it's more than enough to chew on <laughs> for a week. So we're going to do a little prayer and uh, get the band back up here. Father, we thank you so much, so, so much. Every heart reaches out to you. We just, we feel the love coming from you every day. Even though we don't acknowledge it, we, do, we know it's there. And we thank you so much for that, Father. We, we love you because you loved us, but because that love is so real, not because we owe anything to you. We are yours. We are your children. We don't need to worry about who's paying the bills. We just live in this beautiful reality that you've created around us as your children. We fully accept and receive that reality, that inheritance. And we thank you and praise you. And we worship you. Amen.